Our second reading talks a lot about freedom today, what it is and how we obtain it. So I want to first begin by talking about an area in my life that I struggle with freedom and sin. Two and a half years ago, I got a very bad speeding ticket. It was very, very bad. It didn't help that I was a deacon at the time, and I was driving seminarians at the time as well. But looking back, and even in the moment, it was part of a larger problem in my life. I've had a lead foot for many, many years. It's almost a personal inclination of mine. I'm very type A. I enjoy life moving fast, and so you can imagine this place is perfect for me. And speed behind the wheel has been a struggle with me for a while. So a couple months later for Lent, I said, I'm, I'm going to try to give up speeding, hoping to build a more solid habit of better driving. And I did pretty well. It was a difficult thing to do, no doubt. Driving down the page extension going 60 miles an hour, it felt like I was getting the shakes. And while I've gotten better over the years at that bad habit, it's still a struggle for me each and every time that I go behind the wheel. Sin enslaves us, brothers and sisters. It constricts us and restrains us and prevents us from doing what is good, namely following what is good, true, and beautiful. In my case, the law. I will probably always have that desire to move quickly in life. And that's not a bad thing in and of itself. But if it leads me to speeding, I will be in sin and I won't truly be free. This progression of inclinations, desires, and actions applies to a lot of other areas in our lives, no doubt. But I want to focus on one in particular today. I have to be honest, it's a very difficult topic. It's not a topic that I've really talked about very much from the pulpit because it's quite difficult, but it is one that I believe needs to be addressed. And I would be shirking from my duties as a priest and as a spiritual father if I didn't talk about it at least somewhat. With that in mind, I want to talk about the issue of same-sex attraction. It's something that either directly or indirectly probably affects all of us. We can think of probably someone, maybe in our families, immediate families or extended, or even friend groups, who experiences this. This is personal for many of us, brothers and sisters. Now, before we go any further, I feel the need to say this. There is more than one way to break the Sixth Commandment. I mean, after all, I hear confessions on a regular basis. Each and every one of us is capable of breaking it or sinning against it. And it's tragic at times that those who experience same-sex attraction feel singled out because that should not be the case at all. We should be concerned about proliferation of all sin against our sexuality, and all of us should be dedicated to growing in chastity, that virtue most associated with following the Sixth Commandment. Chastity is a great virtue. It is a power that each and every one of us is called to cultivate in our life, regardless of our vocation, regardless of our state in life. Anyway, the topic on our hearts today. Ironically, it's probably one of the most common things that people ask me about as a priest. 
We don't have to look very far to see businesses and organizations promoting this behavior, especially this past month. And it doesn't take rocket science to see that the church is at odds with the prevailing trends in our culture as a whole. Now, the church's teachings are straightforward, as we have all heard. Anyone who experiences same-sex attraction is a child of God, deserving of respect, compassion, and dignity. And that homosexual acts, not the inclination, homosexual acts are wrong. Now, on the surface level, it seems as if the church puts all these restrictions upon our sexual expression because it wants to take away our freedom. That is often the first thing that we think about, that it is costing us our freedom. We have heard this time and time again. By contrast, we have heard for the past 50 plus years, that ever since you know, the beginnings of the sexual revolution as a whole, that we were promised freedom there too. We were promised liberation. But the reality is that the sexual revolution as a whole for all of us has only brought about a wasteland of emptiness and pain. It promised freedom, yes, but it was a freedom that used itself as an opportunity for the flesh, to quote St. Paul today. It was a freedom more of doing what we want and whenever we want as opposed to a freedom to strive for excellence and virtue. In fact, unfortunately, it has made us more and more ensnared in and enslaved to sin. It's made us less and less free. But the real freedom that Christ calls us to is holiness. Real freedom means our ability to do what is, good, what is true and good. And the church's teachings on sexuality in general, much like traffic laws and much like the speed limit, allow us to be free. They allow us to do what is good. And those teachings lead us to the ultimate freedom in heaven. And for our brothers and sisters experiencing same-sex attraction, freedom comes from living the church's teachings on authentic love, striving for chastity in thoughts, words, and actions. Striving for freedom where nothing prevents us from achieving virtue and holiness. Now this freedom is hard. We have to be honest about this. It's difficult. We have to be real. Real freedom is not easy. But it is attainable, brothers and sisters. Virtue is possible. It is achievable for each and every one of us. But most of all, it is worth it. Virtue is worth it, brothers and sisters. Christ lived every virtue to its fullest. And he lived the most happy and fulfilling life ever. So the solution to those who have an inclination to speed, like me, is not to redefine the speed limit. And the answer to same-sex attraction isn't to redefine marriage. It's to call those who experience it to freedom, virtue, and holiness according to what is right and wrong. And you know, I wish I could say that I've been perfect since I got that speeding ticket two and a half years ago. But in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, I got pulled over again. Thankfully, the cop had mercy on me and gave me a warning. But I long for the day when I can simply enjoy a drive and not worry about being pulled over. Not have to look up exit ramps and worry that I might get a ticket. But it's something that I'm gonna have to work on and probably have with me for the foreseeable future. And compared to me, 
Some of the bravest, most courageous people I have ever met in my life are the people who have told me, Father, I experience same-sex attraction and I want to live by the church's teachings. They live a more life that is more countercultural than I could ever have. And through the lens of my own personal struggle with speeding, they're freer than I am. Hearing their stories, listening to their triumphs, and even hearing about occasional setbacks but getting back up again have been some of the most blessed moments of my priesthood. Whether someone knocking on my door in the office or hearing their voice behind the screen of my confessional. My admiration for these souls is immense. So my hope for all who experience same-sex attraction is actually the same one expressed in our catechism, where it says, by prayer and sacramental grace, they can and should resolutely approach, approach Christian perfection. It's also known as sainthood, brothers and sisters. The church says, yeah, if you experience this, you're not called to a life of loneliness, agony, or a lack of freedom. You're called to be a saint. And I know and I really long for the day when we as a church are able to canonize someone. I know that day is coming. I, when we are able to canonize someone who experienced same-sex attraction and lived a happy, authentic, chaste, holy, and virtuous life according to the church's teachings. We need strong examples of this in the church, brothers and sisters. And I know that day is coming because that is the calling for everyone to be a saint. So brothers and sisters, we are called to true freedom. Not an inferior freedom that isn't the real thing, but true freedom. Freedom from sin and a freedom for goodness and holiness. May all of us ask God's help for those areas of our lives where we struggle with sin and pray for the virtue of spiritual freedom because that is the greatest freedom of all and the freedom to which we are all called to live.